friends, and welcome to another episode of Fully Booked. I'm Megan. And I'm Shireen. And we are continuing with our dark fantasy coverage mm-hmm. here for the month of November um, at Fully Booked uh, and on the website, obviously, also. Um, and I think that I think that we kind of, I guess, I guess we'd kind of come up with the idea to like talk about dark fantasy and stuff in the first place, like as a subgenre, simply because it is like the genre of fantasy that seems to exist (laughs) now. Like if you're going to find a fantasy book, it's usually like it falls into that dark fantasy category, even if like largely it is like a fantasy novel Mm. in general, like that's... That's what you're going to get out of it. So I figured that we would sit down today and have a chat about that, particularly because it's like Shireen's forte at this point. Um, <laughs> it's dark, my favorite. Dark fantasy at this point is like your thing. <laughs> so thing. we can have a chat about what it, like what we think it kind of is, what it usually encompasses, where it comes from, mm-hmm. maybe some of our earlier exposure to it as well, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of go from there. All right. But before we start, Megan, what's on your nightstand? Um... Well, I've had a what? What would have been my latest read? I've had a few different ones that I finished like around the same time. I did finish Killers of the Flower Moon, um, which is like a very like very well researched, very well written book. Obviously, it's never going to be like a fun or pleasant mm. um, situation or thing to read about, but it was very well written um, and like a really like comprehensive, I guess, kind of look into the murders um, of the Osage people back mm. in like the 1920s. Mm. So I finished that, and I also recently finished um, an anthology, actually, speaking of dark fantasy, (laughs) I actually recently finished an anthology of dark fantasy stories called Never Whistle at Night, um, which is a... An anthology curated uh, that has dark fantasy stories written by indigenous authors. Oh, cool. And all of them are, like, that's it, from, you know, different parts of North America, different nations, things like that. And a lot of the stories that are included in the anthology are of... Um, are from, like, their particular, like, folklore. Like, there's some sort of tie-in to mm. their particular nation and the folklore kind of involved in that. It is, it is. I will say, like, especially a good few of them, very dark fantasy. Like, I was, like, I was reading some of them, and I was like, oh, my God, this is really fucked up. Um, but a lot of the stories were fascinating. Yeah. Really interesting to kind of, like, read and understand a little bit more. And they're really great and intelligent to also have included at the end of each story a little bit of background on each of the authors as well as to like as far as like what their own background is too um Mm -hmm. in terms of their personal background as well as like their writing background Mm -hmm. as well like their professional background so it was really but it was really interesting it was very well curated it was a really interesting kind of mix of stories yeah should pick it up. Yeah, I liked it a lot. You can borrow it if you want. I will. One okay. day. <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> Eventually. We've talked about it. It's fine. <laughs> when the book rut is over. Shireen will be okay. <laughs> Maybe you need to read Fourth Wing because that's like the new massive, massive one. Oh, is it? And all I'm seeing from everybody online, and again, guys, like I think like I've talked about this before, I do read fantasy, but I'm not like in it in it the same way that so many people are online so like yeah so I don't know that much but I know that fourth wing is absolutely fucking massive and its sequel which is I believe coming out next year is also absolutely fucking huge everyone's talking about it and all I've seen online as far as comparisons are Mm. is that the love interest in fourth wing is Reese basically just like in a different kind of way. So I was thinking about it the other day and I was like, I feel like Shireen would probably Probably. want to read this book. (laughs) 
Yeah. I, where they're like, oh, like a lot of, um, I've seen a lot of fan edits of like, I never thought I could love anyone more than anyone more than Reese. And then this, I forget what the character's name is. People oh. are going to be so pissed at me. I forget what the character's <laughs> name is until this one came along basically. And I was like, oh, okay. All right. People are going to be listening to this screaming at you. I have, <laughs> I have the only Sarah Moss books I have ever read are the first two A Court of Thorns and Roses Read book. the next one. I'm busy. I'm busy. I have other things. Ah! I'm unapologetic about that. Yes. Are they really good? Have I been enjoying them? A hundred percent. Can I go know. six months without reading the next one? Yeah, I can. I don't know how you do that. I just don't know how you do it. Like, it's like binging like a really good like show on TV. When I get into something, I have to finish it like I have to read it all and become obsessed with it and be all consumed I by don't it. I don't know what it is <laughs> like yes like I will like oftentimes like with like a tv show I guess I, it's just like a little bit easier mm. but it honestly and it's not even just necessarily like this series like a court mm. of thorns and roses or something it's most series that I read I don't remember the last time I like binge read through a full series I mu- it must be like 15 years ago like if I pick one up and I really like it awesome and yes I'm gonna get through the series mm. but it takes me the amount of time that it takes me like I'll go through other stuff too and maybe it's because I also don't want to hit a fatigue with it I have like a bit of like you know like a little bit of like anxiety around that sometimes hitting Mm -hmm. a fatigue with it or also hitting thank you very much you're my perfect example a very bad book hangover (laughs) after I've read all of them and I'm stuck in a rut of like well now I need to read the exact same kind of thing but that's not (laughs) necessarily gonna happen happen. yeah no I I completely agree with you and like this is my own um, I guess my my fatal flaw in my reading um, tendencies or trends because I love a book series like yeah. one that I can get completely immersed in and just eat up all the books in the series like um, I read uh, Throne of Glass by Sarah Moss mm-hmm. um, one after the other I think I read I don't know how many books are in the se- the series about eight I think mm-hmm. or more and I read them all within the space of two weeks yeah like I so. was getting through a book a day or a book and a half a day or sorry um a book in a day and a half or something yeah so it, it's just a little bit extreme <laughs> and and since I finished A Court of Thorns and Roses in April the only thing I've read since then I think is All Your Perfects by Colleen Hoover and don't even get me started so <laughs> well, we did talk voila. about that a little bit just like kind of like the specifics of it so it's got some it's definitely it probably isn't like the worst book but it sounds like it has some triggers that people should look out Ooh, yeah. for if they're it's gonna pick it up so yeah Uh, Uh, (laughs) uh, But hey, it's fine. You know what? At least you can say that your rut was caused by dark (laughs) fantasy, which is a little bit funny, even though it's not that funny for you. (laughs) No, because it's really annoying. (laughs) I think my only choice now is to read Crescent City by Sarah Maas. You probably should, honestly. the next one's coming out um, in January, and I think I was telling you about this. I have this really spooky thing that goes on with my bookshelf where I, I know that I have a book. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and then I can't find it, yeah. such as the first of A Court of Thorns and Roses. That has disappeared. <laughs> However, I didn't realize that I owned both of the Crescent City books. <laughs> yeah, you have. I was going to say, don't you have like the first two I do. or whatever that are <laughs> the out? The third one's coming out in January. Yeah, so that's I it. probably get on that. So you can just add that to your list of, you know, if I this is what I need to get myself into to maybe yeah. get out. Of or like <laughs> or a just rut. give myself another rut. I don't know. Oh, God. <laughs> don't do that. That's not going to help. Although, granted, like it's it, that would be three like like pretty big books Lanky to get through. Books. So it'll take you a while it's at true. least, mm-hmm. you know. But today we are here to talk about dark fantasy. And so Megan... Nah, we're already talking about it. <laughs> I know. Um, more specifically, 
<laughs> Megan, what would be your definition of a dark fantasy novel? Ooh, um, okay. Um, that's a really good question. <laughs> I don't know that I'm necessarily like the person who would be able to describe this perfectly, but I do feel like, I guess there are like certain elements that kind of pop up over and over again in dark fantasy. The older I get and the more of these mm. I kind of come across, um, Everything about, it's pretty much, like, it feels to me overall anyway, and I'm, I, you know, whatever, this is just my version of it, that it's pretty much if you take most things high fantasy mm. and you just add a lot more, like, dark elements to it. So it's not like, it's not like an orc king, it's like a devil king kind yeah. of thing, you know? <laughs> and it's not just like, and it's, like, it tends to be, like, a lot more violent in terms of mm. what can happen to the characters and the stakes. Yeah. Involved. It's always the end of the world. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, like, you can, you could argue that about high fantasy and other subgenres yeah. of fantasy to an extent as well, but I find with dark fantasy that usually it's in the style of writing mm. that the author uses that posits a much more, like, bleak outlook should things not mm. go a certain way for the characters and what they're like able to accomplish or not able to accomplish and normally at least to at least you know, since a lot of them are series I think it's safe to say that in a lot of cases the stakes are higher because the characters can definitely die more than they would yeah. potentially in like another kind of fantasy series right so then for our listeners who are not as familiar with this genre like me Let's say, I would say Lord of the Rings is definitely your dark fantasy. I guess so. Because, you know, they would all die if Sauron came into power. Yeah, I guess that's true. I guess it just, to me, Lord of the Rings feels more happy-go-lucky. But I probably because it's older and the writing style is older. So I I tend to, and I think this is just because of the sheer volume of publications that exist now. But I always feel like, I I don't know, dark fantasy is a not it it probably isn't a more like modern mm. invention but i guess because of its popularization in the last like 10 12 years mm. Um, it feels more modern. There's something about it that has yeah. a modern sensibility to it. And anything that I have read that kind of falls into that subgenre mm. does tend to have a more modern flair to it. But that also could just be because that's what I've read. Well, it could also be, you know, like things that are, um, you know, like dark fantasy. Yeah. You're saying it's got more of a modern flair. It could just be that the genre has been getting modernized because it has become so popular. I agree. I do think um, that has Whereas, so like, high it. fantasy, because it's, you know, you're thinking The Lord of the Rings, you're thinking, like, that type of thing, mm-hmm. it kind of gets left on the shelf a little bit um, yeah. because it's kind of more old school. Uh, and not to say that there haven't been, you know, high fantasy series that have come out, but it's definitely evolved into this dark... Yes. Um, ...subgenre. Much more so, where you yeah. have... You do have, in a lot of cases, that same... Um, level of like, uh, like a like in like a new world and world building and mm-hmm. same and stuff like that. However, I find that part of the thing that does kind of differ it is they get more in the dark fantasy because a lot of them are a little bit more modern. They get more into plot and character and less into the world building that takes yeah. half the book to establish. Like high fantasy is very focused on its world building because the entire point is to create this basically immersive experience mm, for the readers where true. they understand every aspect that there is to understand of this world. And the characters are like a tool to keep the world building moving yes. in the story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I find that in a lot of cases, at least like with kind of what I've come across and picked up over the years, there's like a, 
a li- we wish we don't like we don't ignore it but we like speed through it a little yeah. bit more now because i think they know that unfortunately the more you get to a modern audience the more likely you are to find people whose attention spans just aren't what they used to be and aren't going to be as interested mm-hmm. in building a world for half your book yeah. you know like half your first book in the series is oh, just establishing sure. your world like that's not really something that a lot of people are looking for I now. mean guilty as charged like I like a good world building but I prefer it being woven into the stories of the characters yeah where like you you're know? given a little bit of information at mm. a time you kind of establish or solidify your idea of what this world is a little bit more mm. without it having to be like here are four chapters to describe yeah. what this world is like <laughs> and how everything works politically the first time I read the lord of the rings i got really mad because they described like a doorknob for like three and a half pages yeah I'm like, I, um, oh my god who cares yeah when i was quite young i had tried to read like the fellowship of the ring and i couldn't do it yeah. i went back and read it eventually but i think it's the only one i've ever read i'm not gonna lie i'm not i haven't read the rest of the trilogy. yeah <laughs> uh, i've read the hobbit uh that's yeah because it's more of a kid's book it a little is. bit easier to get into a little bit, yeah um so i think that makes it a little bit easier but yeah but i find <clears throat> for our generation I think that's part of it too is that for our like our generation of people and readers and in a lot of cases authors as well because there are a lot of authors that are of the same generation as we are Mm. now too who are being published um I guess what I see more often than not are just like some series when you were younger Mm. that you would read as a kid were kind of like your introductory kind of like passage into dark fantasy example prisoner of azkaban oh yeah definitely you know like great like as soon (laughs) as things start to take like a really dark turn Mm. in terms of um writing and characters and stuff and like what and again stakes Mm. that are built Mm. um you know and something like harry potter obviously is a series where you see that happen throughout the course Mm. of all of the novels you know the stakes build higher and higher as time goes on yeah and as we progress as the characters progress as they age everything becomes Uh, scarier a little Mm. bit and you know that's a darker in terms of that so I feel like those kinds of stories were like an early introduction for a lot of us into like what it would be you know and um like Coraline yeah you know an early introduction as a young person because really like these stories are not written for adults necessarily they're more geared towards like a slightly younger audience Mm. so it is these are like that your stepping stones that you find to get you to that point where you're fully immersed yeah in like dark fantasy basically I think like A Court of Thorns and Roses was originally like when it was just the first one that came out I think it was tagged as young adult um interesting and then it got like hella spicy and so they had to move it over to the adult section yeah probably and i mean they can i guess what was smart about making the character like 1920 when the first book starts is that you can do that you can shuffle it over for the adults yeah it doesn't have to be for like young adult because she's not 15 you know and there's a big difference between being when you're young there's a big difference between being 15 and being 19 or 20 like 100 there's a big progression relationships and yes in your relationship in how you like in how you handle your relationships like how you function within your relationship as well and the Mm -hmm. dynamic with your partner will Mm -hmm. change a lot in that period of time so I think that makes a big difference but yeah I think I feel like that's it I feel like when we were young it was those like very young adult like middle grade series Mm -hmm. that we were introduced to and then you know we all read fucking Twilight (laughs) 
all road leads all roads lead back to twilight it's ridiculous but it's true <laughs> um and you find you know you would find yourself kind of being like huh like you know okay here we are and i'm like i'm moving over into as soon as you move over into the supernatural of it all where it's not just like it's not high fantasy in terms of like there are fae mm. or dragons or mm. things like that as soon as you get into oh there are vampires and werewolves in our world in our like, world we're not in their world anymore like that's kind of a different uh way of looking at it you know they came into our world in mm-hmm. those books like they exist with humans with people and stuff yeah. like that it's not quite the same as like world the humans building. in a lot of the higher fantasy ones are more outliers yeah. kind of thing versus the other types of um humanoid creatures that exist within those worlds mm-hmm. so i think that makes that makes like a big difference and then so then that's it so that's the problem see you get into the twilight and then everybody's like "Ooh, vampires <laughs> yeah uh-huh. and then you open the door to vampires and i find vampires are an interesting one because you get a lot of like high fantasy and like just regular like fantasy yeah and sometimes there will be a crossover of a vampire. Like, there will be, like, talk of, oh, yeah, there are vampires in this world. Yeah, that, no, that's true, actually. Um, uh, a lot of the, um, like, urban fantasy yeah. kinds of stories that, again, they tend to have a really dark outlook to mm-hmm. them a lot of the time and a very, like, a much, like, darker, like, more scary sensibility I guess to a certain Mm -hmm. extent or like atmosphere to them those ones there are very often I've read like two or three different series Mm. there's a vampire or there are vampires somewhere yeah they exist somewhere and they're not like a key character but they are but they are there and sometimes they're the bad guy sometimes they're okay it really depends Mm -hmm. depends yeah. yeah it depends on what you get into if you read like the Dresden Files there are one, two, three, or four different types of vampires mm. within that world that exist. You've got your more traditional blood-sucking ones, mm. like regular but hot. <laughs> You've got your scary Nosferatu blood-sucking ones, yeah. which are like gross little like golem-looking <laughs> things. And then you have energy vampires. Oh my god! Like in what we do, like in what the we shadows. do in the shadows, <laughs> except like except like beautiful. Oh right, and okay. like they use sex to oh, right, okay. take like to like take feet off of people and take their energy Makes and sense. things like that. Like they're like gorgeous (laughs) like there's a a very prominent character in the series who's an energy vampire and he's like that's it like so beautiful that people are like whoa (laughs) Colin Uh, (laughs) not Colin Uh, yeah exactly so like that and but what I love about something like what we do in the shadows is that they take all those archetypal like especially the movie if you've watched the movie because I know a Mm. lot of people watch the tv show now but if you've seen the film Mm. that there's a lot of like the archetypal vampires where there's like one that's really old he's like several thousand years old and he's a Nosferatu type Mm. vampire and there's one that's like a Vlad the Impaler Mm. type vampire and there's one that's uh, like an Anne Rice vampire and then Mm. one that's like a little bit closer to like a modern rock and roll-ish type of vampire (laughs) into the damned oh it's so funny it's really funny and so that's really good and what's fun I guess in the TV shows that they've expanded on that where you have like the world of that's it like the energy vampires but they're not energy vampires in a way that a lot of fantasy novels would Mm write them it's like we're taking it but we're making fun of it by parodying it and having it be like oh yeah no but they're all they suck people's energy by being boring right yep makes it which is very very funny funny. and very different from like the book versions of things like this in darker fantasy which you see where that's it a lot of it is it's much more like it's much more like the allure 
yeah. of it with vampires as opposed to just like <laughs> existing in this really funny <laughs> sort of tax accountant way. <laughs> well, it's like um, in, uh, oh, what is it called? I'm looking for the book on my bookshelf right now. The one with... Well, it's um, probably disappeared, Shereen. Uh, <laughs> fuck, I think it has. Um, it literally has disappeared from my bookshelf. Yeah. I don't know who the ghost is in here who's reading my books, but could you put them back Could you just put them back when you're done? Uh, um, you know the one, uh, they made a whole Netflix series. We did an episode on our podcast about the movie that was terrible. Shadowhunters. That's it. Yeah. Shadowhunters. Um, there are vampires in Shadowhunters. Oh, fuck, you're right. Yes, yeah, yeah I totally the, forgot. There's a but whole coven of them, but vampires and werewolves there. in that one, yeah. but they do exist, and again, they're not incredibly prominent, no. but they do exist, and they do participate in certain aspects of the story. That's exactly. true. I completely forgot about that. But it happens in it happens in everything. It does. That's what I'm saying. They're either the main character in our world, yeah. Edward, or they're like an out, like kind of like a satellite, like But being. we acknowledge that they yeah. exist, basically, and they play some sort of role, especially in a series, yeah. some sort of role at some point throughout yeah, the course more of like that a series. Plot device, Usually, but, yeah. Yeah. And like you do see that sometimes in dark fantasy, but a lot of the time, dark fantasy, there's a lot of magic involved. Oh, yeah. Um, and Very often if, yeah. like, be, like there are things like, you know, they'll have stuff like vampires or werewolves and um, sorcerers, witches, whatever yeah. you'd like to call them, whatever iteration it is that that particular story has, and fae, who mm-hmm. oftentimes can do magic as well. Yeah. Um but they're, yeah, it's it's very it's very tied into that. Mm-hmm. Like there needs to be a witch somewhere, kind of, yeah. or a version of a witch that makes sense in this world, in this story, whatever it might be. Because I mean, um, what's the other one? Uh, Discovery of Witches yeah. mm-hmm. is very much like that as well. You've got you know different courts on different sides where you've mm. got like you know vampires and you've got witches and they all kind of sort of try to function together to a certain extent and obviously like again that one very much treads that line of like all of these different creatures exist in our world mm-hmm. again so yeah. you know like it's very much along those lines as well um i th- <laughs> i do think that something that we're seeing more and again i don't know if it's just because it's for like a slightly more desensitized audience now or an audience that is just like expecting this, whatever it is. But when you get into particularly the dark fantasy, quote unquote, um, there is romance somewhere. Oh, there's somewhere. a spice factor. Oh. Like it's not just romance. No, like, it's sex. Romance was like Twilight. Yeah, you know? it's true. Like, now it's it's sex. Now it's yeah. sex. Yeah. Like you, we have gone beyond, like I don't know if we like took the erotic novel I wonder if we took. And we just like were like, hey, Fifty Shades of Grey did pretty well. Yeah. I, look, <laughs> a part of me wonders if a lot of the authors who are maybe closer to our age who were reading Twilight mm. when they were younger were like, do you know what would make this better? And then when they <laughs> They wrote their own stories when they got a little bit older when they wrote their own stories they added a lot more physicality to it yeah well i remember like when i was reading uh throne of glass again by sarah moss um what i really love about her books is that the main character is like a strong female character Mm -hmm. and like i mean like genuinely a strong female character yeah like you know she draws on all of her traits as a woman to like help her with whatever task it is in Mm -hmm. front of her um, yada yada, that's not what I'm getting at here. But, you know, we were kind of kind of chugging along pretty well in the series, and then all of a sudden you get to one book and you're like, whoa, this got spicy all of a sudden. <laughs> and I just wasn't expecting it. And I think that was like when we had started on this like spicy train. Probably. Yeah. Um 
And then from there, like, there wasn't a lot in that series, but Jesus, if you read A Court of Thorns and Roses, you're like, woo-wee! Yeah, I mean, like, those, like, those types of stories are the ones that are gonna get, yeah. like, I guess. I think there's, um, the Blood and Ash series, um, is very spicy. I think, I read the first book, I, I mean, I got, kind of got through three quarters of the first book. Yeah. Um, I don't love it. I find the characters are a little flat, uh. Oh, but, is it the one by, what's her name, Jennifer Armin right. Trout? Yeah. Yes, okay, yeah. Um, so there's a whole series that go with that. Please nobody come and throw tomatoes at me. <laughs> um, I probably need to, like, focus on the book a little bit better to really absorb the characters. But um, I think that one is, like, you know, because you get the dark fantasy that's more about the characters and the world and the plot development yeah. with some spice in it. Whereas you get others where it's, like, a really spicy book mm-hmm. and the fantasy is, like, a second part of it. Like, it's not, it's not the primary oh, I mean. yes, okay. story. Yes, you know? yes, yes, yes. No, I understand yeah. what you mean. It's like a, it's like an added, it's like a bonus. It, well, it's like, it's like watching <laughs> porn and now they're like in a fantasy world, you know, but your main thing is the porn. You I mean, know? I think that, honestly, like, I think that to a certain extent, as, um, a lot of the, and it's not everybody, obviously, there are also guys, non-binary folk who yeah. consume these books as well, sure. but I do think that oftentimes, like, a lot of for these types of stories, a lot of the um, their fan base or the reader base are female mm. identifying, generally speaking. And I think that um, because again, like romance is largely read by female identifying people as mm. well. And I do think that there's something as or at least for me as a woman, there's something where like. I, I, I don't know, using my imagination is not a difficult thing for me. Yeah. So, like, reading a romance book makes a lot of sense to yeah. me. Because mm-hmm. um, I guess, like, I know we're, like, most of us are visual, but there's something about, like, reading something yeah. and I guess, like, developing your own version of it in your head mm. that I think for women can be more effective, generally yeah. speaking. So I guess that that probably has something to do with it. And I'm sure to a certain extent that's how the authors are able to so effectively wield something like like an aspect like this and use it in their stories. I mean, I know that for me, like it's like, you know, it's it's enjoyable to read and it's not something that I would necessarily, you know, like put on TV, you know? Like Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's like we all have like our needs out there. You yeah. Know? But sometimes you're a little bit more like, I'd rather just read this so nobody Oh, it's knows. weird because I find that I'm a little <laughs> bit like that too where I can read basically anything. Yeah. And it doesn't bother me to do so at all. Yeah. But it's true that if you were to, I guess, directly translate that and put it on my TV screen, I'd be looking around like, oh God, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, you'd be like, oh dear. Oh like, no. Wow, this is quite graphic. This is weird. But yeah. if you, when you're reading it, I don't know, there's something more personal about yeah. it, I guess, because you're the one human in that moment who's consuming yeah. that content yeah. yourself. You're on your own. You're doing it by yourself. So it's just kind of, I don't know. Mm. It makes sense yeah. anyway. I mean, and I think, so I think a lot of that, that's it. Like Sarah Moss is obviously obviously like really up there but there are other ones too like that's a jennifer armin trout or whatever um yeah. what's that other okay wait i'm looking for it right now oh yes what's that other one scarlet st Clair. um she's i think become pretty big for her um hades and persephone series mm. their saga oh, that she's I've got, she got several of, of the books in though in that series that one mm-hmm. I, as far as i'm understanding is very up there as yeah. well in terms of like spice factor and stuff which yeah. i find i think as soon as you get into um there's something about getting into like 
retellings of folklore and um, mythology and things mm. that tends to almost invite that in its story for some oh, reason. Probably because when you do read a lot of the actual initial mythology, like these people were really horny, so <laughs> <laughs> they're all like impregnating people yeah. all over the place. So I think it's really easy to turn that into a romance, at least to a certain extent. Definitely. I think it's pretty easy to do that for people. So I think that gets a lot of a lot of credit <laughs> in yep. terms of that. But yeah, I would say like those ones are like pretty big. What's that other author's name? Holly Black. She's is yeah, another one who did like the Cruel Prince and stuff. Yep. That's another one that's up there. Um I see here because like there's definitely like there's definitely like a number of them that I've seen like on reels going past. Oh, 100 percent. There's there are a lot of them. So like as like somebody you, who doesn't read them that much, it's a lot to see. Yeah, like all if of you, these. If you go into um like a um like a bookstore now, they'll typically have yeah either a table set up called oh. like hashtag spicy book talk. Oh yeah, or they'll even go so far as to have like. Um, a whole wall set up yep. with like different like levels of chili peppers mm-hmm. put on there, you know. Oh my god, yeah, those are so funny yeah, to see. They are. And I think um I think because I think in a lot of cases it's weird because so many of these are like slightly not quite young adult, but kinda young adult because mm-hmm. a lot of them the characters are like in that eighteen to twenty two year old range. Yeah. So it kind of still works. But I do think that a lot of it's trickled down from the like adult versions. Like if I think what am I thinking of? Outlander. Oh, Outlander. Outlander is very much, is firmly like, it's really a fantasy, sci-fi, kind of like mixed series, romance series for, more for an adult audience because all the characters are grown-ass people Mm -hmm. um, and dealing with grown-ass people problems. Mm -hmm. Um, However, like the sex is fairly explicit within the books. I think I, how many have I read? And on the show as well. Yes, on the show as well. That's true. But I, because I've read two or three, it's been a while. I think I read three of them. um, Of them. And yeah, like, you know, like that's it, like the sexuality and the sex is quite explicit in the novels. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, yes, that translates to the TV show in turn as well. And so I do think that those series, you know, you, you I guess like you don't think about them in the same way, but they do kind of fall into that sphere of fantasy to an extent because mm-hmm. of like the time travel and all the stuff that's going on in them. And I think that those have also like trickled down. And so people who are writing now are like, oh, okay, well, it seems like this is pretty accepted now. It's okay for us to... Mm-hmm. write slightly more explicitly with our characters than we used to you know yep definitely yeah i'm just trying to see if they created a spicy book talk category on here no they're just <clears throat> on book talk still so it's a lot of like you know carissa broadbent um, oh yeah i've heard that name as well mm-hmm. um a lot of sarah moss a lot of you know but um, yeah those are a lot of the ones that come out a lot. What's the other one? There's a Holly Renee who has like a good few books yeah. out, I think, that are in like that same kind of genre. Yeah. Holly Black, you already mentioned. Yeah. Her. Yeah, definitely. So it's definitely become, you know, one of the more prominent genres right now. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, there's a Lee Bardugo as well who did Shadow, oh, and, Shadow Bone. and Bone. And what's the other one that's mixed in? Six of Crows. Six of Crows. That's yeah. it. Um, 
those I would argue that Six of Crows are better than Shadow and Bone, but um Well, whatever. I think they, to each their own. I'm sure some people own. I'm sure some people prefer oh, Six of Crows for, for sure. sure. Um I thought they did a phenomenal job on that TV series. Mm-hmm. Like side note, a lot I know a lot of people didn't appreciate that they mixed the two, but I really like the characters from Six of Crows, so I appreciated that. Oh, that they were like mixed into the yeah. universe. All right, hey, that's fun. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. See Fourth Wing has popped up on yeah. these lists now, Rebecca Yarrow. So that was published in May. And I'm sorry, the second book called Iron Flame is actually actually coming out we're pre-recording these episodes keep in mind so it's mm-hmm. actually coming out november 7th so actually oh. by the time this episode drops the second book will probably be out oh, already um yeah and that one that is one that i have seen fucking everywhere when it came when like i don't know what it was i think it was over particularly over the summer months um I could barely scroll through Instagram or TikTok without fourth wing being in someone's photo or reel or suggestion or recommendation or mini review they were giving. Interesting. It was everywhere. (laughs) So that's one that's, you know, again, these are some that like, you're, you know, you have to wonder. It's so interesting to me that all of these exist, but there are in the grand scheme of things, it's really spotty between like how many of them are picked up as TV shows. Not that many, man. Not that many. And like the the Sarah Moss universe is going absolutely bananas. They're like, will you please make something well, into there are a show? So, I mean, <laughs> she's got like three series at this point yeah. that are very prominent, you yeah. know, like Throne of Glass is very well known. A Court of Thorns and Roses obviously is very yeah. well known. And, and as far as I know, Crescent City is getting a ton of hype as well. Yeah. So you're are kind of at the point and I know that that's it I think like Hulu has the rights to A Court of Thorns and Roses but they they all just buy it and then they sit on it for a Which million years. Which is really annoying. Like, Yeah. Well yeah. I mean like I like I wonder I haven't looked into it but I actually wonder like how long did Netflix have the rights to um, Shadow and Bone before it actually developed everything and went through like the motions of making a TV show well, out of it. It's interesting right because like I, I think like something like Sarah Moss her books aren't gonna like lose any traction right now because she does have the third um crescent city coming out and And there are more uh court of thorns and roses coming out as well um so i think she's just gaining momentum but like when you think about shadow and bone um i think it was really popular and then like it it kind of like died down a little bit and then they released the show and then it got popular again you know so it's like okay what do y'all do it gets like well it gets like a little resurgence yeah but i mean like think about it okay so like um shadow hunters for instance right oh Uh, yeah that was cassandra cassandra claire had originally published started publishing those books in like what 2006 or 2007 or something like mid 2000 and the tv show wasn't made until 10 years later i mean granted okay yes there was a failed film (laughs) in there like a few years after the first novel had come out there was like a failed she's still publishing those books i think doesn't she have another series now i've seen them at the bookstore and yeah. they are like a thousand pages long oh, they look fat. fucking massive they are big yeah, yeah they're mm-hmm. absolutely massive i've seen a few of You'd them you have to really like, commit to that one i don't think i don't i'm not at that level of fantasy reader personally i can't quite bring myself to that point mm. so it would be a very long time before i would decide to do something like that <laughs> uh, um yeah, I don't know. It's just, you know what? I think it's just like a combination of things. I think it's the generation who read certain things as kids are now writing books. Mm-hmm. And that is like what people are looking for. I mm-hmm. think that as a reading, like sort of like as a society of readers, we've given ourselves almost permission to be totally okay with everything being a little bit darker and a little bit bleaker. And sexier. I mean, yeah, that too. <laughs> uh, that tends to be like rolled in there as well. Um 
you know, and like we're not experts on it, but I do think that that's something that we're going to continue to see mm. for quite a while. Um, but have you guys read a ton of dark fantasy? She says like people haven't read a ton of dark fantasy. <laughs> it's just me. Okay. I've read like four <laughs> and that's it. Like <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's just me. Everybody else has probably read like a shit ton and they're all like, wow, you guys are fucking stupid. I would love to know how many people yell at us when we're yeah. when they're listening to our podcast. Probably enough of them. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, you can let us know about all of like your favorites. If you guys have recommendations too, because we tend to know the most about like the really big releases, but I'm sure that there are so many and there are probably a ton of them that are really good, mm. but haven't gotten as much traction. So I'm always curious about stuff like that myself. So you can definitely let us know about that over on Instagram, threads, and TikTok at fullybookedca. You can also check out our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash book was way better. And if you're still here with us for this month, please feel free to leave us five-star rating and review wherever you're listening. But until next week, guys, keep on reading. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.